worship team for leading us today in the presence of the Lord. Let me echo what Pastor Jade said at the beginning of our time together. Welcome to you this morning into the house of the Lord. We are delighted that you're here. If you're visiting with us, we say a very special welcome to you this morning. But we are thankful that you have chose to be in the house of the Lord with us this morning. I do pray that all is well with you and yours this morning. Uh, but how many is excited about what God is doing in your life today? Amen. He is good. He is faithful. And we can rejoice in that this morning. I am just going to go straight to the word this morning. Those that's going to class, feel free to do so. I am going to do my best uh, to deliver to you this morning uh, what the Lord has placed in my spirit for our time today. And uh, I'm going to take us on a journey through Scripture, so please bear with me uh, this morning uh, as we try to lay a foundation. If the Lord would help us today, I want to talk to us. I don't know if the title does it justice this morning or not, but if I... If, I don't make cool titles like these young guys do. Don't lose your dap and all of those types of things. I'm not that creative. Uh, but, uh, but I want to talk to us uh, for a few moments this morning about a, a time to focus. I don't know if that really does justice with what we're going to try to share over the next few moments. But I do covet your prayers this morning. Uh, but if you'll stay with me till the end, I believe that... Uh, that you'll walk out of here encouraged and not, not discouraged today. Uh, I think all of us understand this morning in this room that our world is a little unsettling at this moment. But uh, how many knows that God's still in control? Amen. And I take great comfort in that and great assurance in that this morning. And you may ask yourself a lot of questions about how did we end up where we are and all those types of things. But, you know, we're really going to be in Second Chronicles chapter 20. If you want to turn there, we'll be there in just a little while. Uh, but I've got I to gotta take us on a path to get us there. Uh, but uh, the unknown author of Psalms chapter 121, uh, the first few verses of that chapter we read, it says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. But verse number two says, My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He goes on to write, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. Somebody ought to just tell your neighbor it's going to be all right. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand, and the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore now if I was in a Pentecostal church they would have done shouted me down this morning so 
tell who I'm preaching to this morning. But my help comes from the Lord. If there has ever been a time in which we needed to live a life of focus, it is now. I could give you some unsettling reports this morning. Maybe I need to do that just so that you'll realize just where we are. I could stand here this morning and tell you that 66% of those between the 18, age of 18 and 35, they feel like nobody is concerned with them or believes in them. I could stand here and tell you that 40% of those between the age of 18 and 35 are full of anxiousness and that they are uncertain about their future. I could tell you that 30% of them feel like they have to be perfect to be accepted. I could tell you that 28% of them are depressed and it is their depression has become in such a state that 23% of them are living isolated lives. I could tell you today also that in the year 2017 that we simply had from the Center of Disease Control tells us that 72,287 people overdosed while they was trying to find some peace in their life. I could also tell you that every year 44,000, a little more than that now, are killed by suicide because they're looking for a way of escape. I could stand here this morning and tell you in a very unsettling report that 28% of people in America never go to church, 25% seldom go, 11% say, well, we'll go about once a month. That is professing Christians in America, I should say, while 64% of the American population have no appetite whatsoever for spiritual things. I guess that takes me to where we are today. Last night, within the span of one hour in Cincinnati, Ohio, 17 people were shot last night an hour from here. Or we could talk about Friday night when an eight-year-old was at a teenage birthday party in um, Anchorage, Ohio, and three or four individuals came into the backyard and began to spray bullets, and she is now dead. Or we could talk about a five-year-old boy in North Carolina that's made headlines, and he was senselessly shot by an individual. We could also today talk about the violence in Chicago, Portland, many other places today. Or we could talk about the fear that this virus has brought to humanity where now people are afraid to even exist with one another. We could talk about the political unrest or we could talk about the events of Russia and China and Iran, the persecution of the church. But you all would walk out of here depressed and discouraged. So I'm not going to talk to you about that today. Because my help comes from the Lord. hear me this morning. James understood what it was to have focus. James been the brother of Jesus in James chapter number 4 verses 7 through 8 and verse 10 and 13. Notice he says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Can I tell you, everything that I just mentioned is, is resulting in this. There is a humbling of the people of God. So I cannot help but stand here and be excited because in the future, there is getting ready to be the lifting up of the saints. 
So you and I do not have to be full of fear this morning, but in order for us to fully understand the importance of a time of focus or living a life of focus and understanding the decisions that are before us in this very present moment of time, we have to revisit history just for a few moments today. And today for a few moments, I want to share with you a portion of the life of a man by the name of Jehoshaphat. Now, if you was to read through your Bible, you would find in 2 Chronicles 17 through 20 is what we're going to look at, but there's much more. We don't have the time today. But we find that in chapter number 17, I'll just run you all the way up to chapter number 20 very quickly. We find it tells us the Lord was with this man because he walked in the ways of his father David and he sought not the ways of Balaam. Notice with me, Jehoshaphat was the great, great, great grandson of King David. After the death of his father, King Isaiah, who served for 41 years, uh, he died due to becoming diseased in his feet in the 39th year of his reign because the Bible says that he sought the physician's care instead of seeking the Lord. Now, we find that after he passes away, King Josephat begins to reign in his stay. And notice it says that, and the Lord was with Josephat because he walked in the ways of his father and he sought not unto Balaam, but sought to the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presents and he had riches and honor in abundance and his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord moreover he took away the high places and groves out of Judah now we could stop right there and preach on just that passage of scripture but I want to make just a couple of things notice this morning that Jehoshaphat understood that there was something that had to change. And therefore, he brought his focus back to that which was of his father, his great-great-great-grandfather David, and he walked in the commandments of God, and he realized that the current condition was no longer acceptable, and therefore he began to take away the high places and the groves out of Judah. Or you could say it in this manner, he understood that what was going up and been offered in the nostrils of God was a contaminated praise. And therefore, he had to bring a purification back to the land. And therefore, it was in the third, he did not stop there with just removing the high places and the groves of Judah. But it says in the third year of his reign uh, that he took the book of the law with the Levites and others, and he began to teach in all of the cities of Judah, and he began to teach uh, the law of the Lord. And it says in Second uh, Chronicles 17, 9 and 10, and they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them, and they went about throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. And it says this, uh, and the fear of the Lord fell upon the kingdoms of the lands that were round about Judah so that they made no more war against Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat waxed great exceedingly. And notice this, he built in Judah castles and cities of store. And he had much business in the cities of Judah. And the men of war and mighty men of valor were in Jerusalem. And these waited on the king besides those whom the king had put in the fence cities throughout all of Judah. Now notice, due to the reverence to the word of the Lord, the people of Judah experienced a shift. Their economy began to explode 
and their mighty men of valor began to be present or could be said this way, there was a rebuilding or a rebirthing of military might on display. Now, I'm not political most of the time. But let me just give you this little nugget and you can do whatever you want to with it. In January of 2017, in the United States of America, not only did a president walk into an Oval Office for the very first time as president, but he walked in with the Holy Bible and it was carried back to the Oval Office. It was a Bible that was used uh, in a revival many years before by his family and it was brought into the Oval Office after not been welcomed there for some years. That gave birth, please hear me, to Bible studies were started. Prayer gatherings was welcomed and worship services began to take place in the first house of the land. And isn't it ironic that our nation experienced a shift? After others of great intellect, we'll put that in quotations, that said, there will never be a booming economy. It will always be so slow growth from here. All of a sudden, things began to change people began to experience something they had not seen or had for some time. Just saying. We go back to Jehoshaphat. After a period of time, he joined himself with one by the name of Ahab. Ahab did more to provoke God than anyone before him. But if you was to read in 2 Chronicles 18 and 2, it says after certain years that Jehoshaphat went down to Ahab to Samaria and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance and for the people that he had with him and they persuaded him to go up and to fight a war that wasn't theirs. That decision, that loss of focus for a moment of time in Jehoshaphat's life nearly cost him his life, but God was faithful. And when he returned from that excursion after, and I don't have time to preach all of it, but if you read chapter 18, you will find that they began to call all of the prophets uh, together in the land. And they said, oh, go up and take it. Uh, God's going to give it to you. But then all of a sudden, Jehoshaphat said, isn't there a man of God or a prophet of God? And, and notice King Ahab said, yes. well, there is one, but he's never said anything good to me. And I hate him. He's never told me that it was going to be altogether lovely. But you can go talk to him, but he's not going to be good to me. He's not going to tell me I can go and win. He knew that. It's kind of ironic that he knew that. And sure enough, they go and get him said, everybody else is saying that King Ahab can go and it's going to be nothing but victory. And he says, well, you can go and you can have victory. And he said, but how many times do you have to speak truth to me? And he said, I'll only tell you what the Lord says. The Lord says, I saw Israel scattered like sheep with no shepherd. And he turns and he tells Jehoshaphat, he says, I told you he would not say anything good to me. We find the story that Jehoshaphat, that close to losing his life that day. But when he returns, notice with the, in chapter number 19, Jehu one of the sons was there and he simply met him and he said, 
Should you help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? He said, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. You didn't ask God for his direction. And and when you did hear what God was saying, you still disobeyed. And you found yourself in a place. But he said, nevertheless, there are good things found in you. Can I tell you in America that the church is guilty as Jehoshaphat was? We've tried to do our own thing. But can I tell you there's still some good things found in it. And I'm thankful that God is faithful. And he said, you've taken away the groves out of the land and you've prepared your heart to seek God. And he simply says this, uh, he said, God's not done with you yet. Can I tell you this morning, God's not done with you yet. I told you we had to go through some scripture this morning. Just stay with me. And we find that as Jehoshaphat returns. It says this, and Jehoshaphat dwelt in Jerusalem, and he went out again to the people from Beersheba all the way to Mount Ephraim, and he brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. And notice, he set judges in the land throughout all the fenced cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, Take heed what you do, for you judge not for man, but for the Lord who is with you in the judgment." And in verse number 7 of that chapter, he says, Wherefore, now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. Isn't it ironic and interesting that we currently have an administration, a president, that has made a priority to appoint two Supreme Court justices, but beyond that, as of June the 1st, had appointed and confirmed 197 federal judges that are life appointees. I'm just saying there could be some similarities here. Stay with me. Which brings us to where I really want to focus today. Second Chronicles chapter number 20, beginning in verse number 3. The first three verses tells us simply this, that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and others, a great multitude has decided to come after Jehoshaphat and Judah. It says that Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Now, Jehoshaphat is taking people back to the place of the Lord. He's set in judges. He's welcomed the law of God back into Judah. He's got men and women teaching. Uh, uh, The priests are sharing the law of God. Things are changing. There is a fear that's come up on all the kingdoms around him. Nobody's bothering them because of the fear of the Lord. But then all of a sudden, there's a multitude of people that shows up and says, we are going to overthrow him and we are going to take the land. Now, Jehoshaphat is feared, not the spirit of fear, but he comes to a place of fear that has moved him. He said, I cannot do what's in front of me by myself or on my own. I've got to have direction. I've got to have guidance. I have to have the Lord on my side. So notice he comes in chapter number 20, beginning in verse number 6, he simply begins to pray. As he begins to pray, notice what he prays. He says, O Lord, God of our fathers, art now God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend? Notice this, forever. 
and they dwell therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil come upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And he said, Now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they come out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. He said, Behold, it is them now that's come, he said, to overthrow us. And in verse number 12, he says, O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Jehoshaphat with all of Judah stood before the Lord and they humbled themselves in a state of prayer and they touched the heart of God. Let me remind you of a passage that most of you probably can quote from memory. Just a short time before Solomon, the Lord brings a visitation to him and he says this in chapter 7, 13, and 14. He says, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Jehoshaphat knew the word of the Lord. Jehoshaphat made a decision in chapter number 20 at this time in history. He says, it's bigger than me. I don't have the ability to do what needs to be done. So I'm going to turn my eyes unto the Lord. I'm going to be focused. And when he came focused, notice in chapter 20, verse number 13. We're almost done reading this morning. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehazarel came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle was not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And then there was a Pentecostal group in there. If you read a couple verses down, it says they raised a loud voice and began to cry out to the Lord. They began to do that because of the simple fact Jehoshaphat knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was on the scene. Can I tell you, we are still the seed of Abraham. And he's still faithful. So notice early in the morning, the next morning, Jehoshaphat rises and begins to take the journey, but he stops and he turns to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and he says this in verses 20 through 22. He says, hear me, O Judah. He said, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established, and believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, 
and that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Anybody with me this morning? I didn't lose you yet, did I? Okay. You're only going to have to listen to me preach for five minutes today, all right? I want you to hear the word of the Lord. It's time for the people of God in the United States of America, especially, but around the globe, to lift up their eyes into the hills from which cometh their help, and they must remember that their help comes from the Lord. But not only it is time for us to begin to believe. The Bible teaches us very clearly that we are to believe when we pray. If you're praying and not believing, you're wasting time. But when you believe when you pray, you have that which you ask for. And there has been a lot of activity in the last several months in our lives. And there has been so much movement in so many different realms that men and women have become stricken by fear, which is not of God, but is a spirit of darkness. And we now have men and women that are spiraling out of control and even those within the body of Christ are finding it difficult to be in a normal setting. But I believe that it's not only time for us to believe, but it's time for us to hear what the prophetic voice of the Lord is saying. And the prophetic voice of the Lord is not saying it's doom and gloom, but he's simply saying, look up for your redemption is drawing near. As I began to study and I began to pray and, and as I began to labor uh, in Scripture this week, I began to hear the Lord just beginning to birth in my spirit just some old songs of the church. And I didn't really understand why is my mind going so far back and I would just be doing what I was doing and all of a sudden this old hymn would come and this old spiritual would come. And I was like, Lord, am I, why am I reminiscing? But then I began to find that Jehoshaphat found himself in a time of uncertainty. He was overwhelmed. They began to pray. And the church has been in a season of prayer. And as they began to pray, the, the prophetic voice began to say, this is not your battle. But this is the Lord's. And you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. And it began to prompt him to bow down and worship. And as he began to exalt the Lord in the manner that he does in chapter number 20 of Second Chronicles, it, then he wakes up in the next morning and he stops and he says, listen, you all need to prepare and you need to hear. But he says, by the way, I'm going to appoint some of you to begin to sing. Can I tell you that 
this morning, what I sense in my spirit is that we are entering into a time where the church must begin to sing. Because, listen, this world is not our home, but we are just passing through. And we have to understand that we've read the back of the book and we know how it ends and our future is much brighter than our past, but I'm going to live and dwell in a land in the not so distant future uh, where there is no more pain, where there is no suffering, where there is no parting, uh, where there is no sin, uh, where there is no death, uh, where he is the light of that city, uh, where he is the the one that I'm with continually throughout eternity, how in the world can I not be singing? Uh, Listen, I understand the difficulties of our day, yes, uh, but I also understand that he has made a way of escape for those uh, that trust in him. Uh, And right now, there is a spirit of distraction uh, by demonic outpourings uh, because uh, we can't let the church sing uh, because if we get our focus on him, uh, we got to begin to sing because when I see him, uh, I see his beauty. Uh, When I see him, uh, I see his power. Uh, When I see him, I see his authority. Uh, When I see him, uh, I see his victory. Uh, But then I see my victory through him uh, and I begin to sing because he lives. Uh, I can face tomorrow. Uh, I can't get my focus there uh, because I become a danger uh, and a threat to the enemy. So everything that's going on in our world is not because of Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Sorry to disappoint you. But what's going on in our world today is there is a spiritual war taking place. Uh, A kingdom of light uh, is fighting against the kingdom of darkness uh, and a kingdom of darkness says I I got to keep them distracted. Uh, I got to keep them off focus uh, because if they they keep doing that uh, and they're doing what you're doing right now, uh, I'll still come in and take their babies uh, one at a time. Uh, I'll let another five-year-old get shot today. Uh, I can have power to operate in this realm. Uh, But notice uh, when uh, Jehoshaphat said, uh, I'm appointing some of you to sing. He says he began to sing and all of a sudden when they began to sing, there was ambushments that came. The Jewish scholars say that they believe that it was an angelic intervention. Can I tell you this morning that there is a heavenly host that is present in this room right now and they can move on your behalf, but you gotta live a focused life. We gotta get back to where our eyes on him, uh, not on the things around us. Uh, Listen, uh, I'm going to go on with Jesus just the same this morning, uh, no matter what happens. uh, But listen, uh, the sound of praise in this hour uh, is releasing an angelic host of heaven uh, to perform their assignment. Uh, What is their assignment, you may ask? Uh, It is to simply set ambushments against the enemy uh, to drive back darkness, uh, to bring about uh, a defeat to the adversary. I'm here to tell you there's some sons and daughters uh, that God wants to move upon. Uh, There's some young men and women that God wants to move through. Uh, But we've got to begin to sing on their behalf. There are those today in places of authority. And I, I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning. And I heard it again last evening. 
or the wee hours of this morning, there are those that are orchestrating attacks today that are about to be destroyed if the church sings. I'm not going to keep you much longer this morning, but I'm going to tell you, you have no reason to be living in the bully grubs, or the mully grubs, or whatever kind of grubs you want to talk about this morning. Because you hear me this morning, there is a day of spoil for the church. This makes me a little nervous. But not only are there those that are orchestrating attacks today that are about to be destroyed, but there is a transfer of wealth, power, and authority that is coming to God's people. We are just a very short way away from a day of spoil because can I tell you what's happened in recent days is the people of God have begun to sing. I I, got to tell you this this morning. When Judah came towards the watchtower in the wilderness... And they looked into the multitude that said, we're going to be the end of you, the death of you. When they arrived, there was dead bodies falling everywhere on the ground. It says none of them escaped, is what your Bible says. It says that when Joseph had and his people come to take away the spoil, they found among them in abundance both riches, precious jewels, which they stripped off them, It was more than they could carry away, and they were three days in gathering of the spoil. Hear me. The enemy that says, I will destroy you, I will be the end of you. Can I just, isn't it ironic that everything that's going on in our world today especially in our nation. The enemy comes along and says, I'm going, to, I'm going to be the end of you. I'm going to silence you. Judah, I'm going to overpower you. Isn't it ironic that there are those in positions of authority and power today in this nation that they didn't attack anything other than worship in the church you will never see where one official said you can't preach you will not read of one in authority that said you can't exhort or teach but the thing that became so deadly was worship can't sing I'll tell you why something in the spiritual realm that we did not have the ability to see the kingdom of darkness did see something I've shared in this house in recent months is simply this there's been a realignment of angelic host of heaven we fight not against flesh and blood but against spiritual wickedness high places principalities powers evils darkness listen a realigning in the darkness they began to see the realigning of the angelic host of heaven and said something's changing, something's happening. And we understand that they fight on the behalf of his children. We can't let them be released. And we know what releases them is when the people of God began to sing. 
So therefore, we cannot let the church begin to sing and worship in this moment because worship brings a release into the heavenly realm and that worship releases the angelic host of heaven. And when the angelic host of heaven begins to be released, it creates ambushments and we do not fulfill what we want uh, and therefore we are defeated and we cannot be defeated. So don't you dare sing. Really. I will go get me two five-gallon buckets and carry my tune if I have to. Because in this season, I cannot afford to not sing. Because you have to understand, I got to focus on what's really going on. My enemy is not flesh and blood, but my enemy is Lucifer, the devil. My enemy is the kingdom of darkness. My enemy is telling me that I've got you where I want you and it's over. But the Lord says, just look unto me, all ye that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How can he say that? It's because he's saying this, this isn't your battle. And can I remind you that 2,000 years ago when he walked up Calvary's hill and he fell under the weight of that old beam of the old rugged cross, uh, he didn't have to, but he chose to. And he said, I'm going to go ahead and fight this thing for you uh, because uh, he says, listen, uh, I'm going to create a place where you can dwell uh, and you can be in a place of safety. Uh, you say, what are you talking about, preacher? Uh, Psalms 91 says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the altar. Almighty. Verse number five, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, or nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, uh, or the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Uh, he says, a thousand shall fall at your side, uh, and ten thousand at thy right hand, uh, but it shall not come nigh thee. Uh, only with thy eyes shall thou behold uh, and see the reward of the wicked. Uh, I'm about to preach this thing uh, because thou hast made uh, the Lord which is my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Can I tell you this morning, this ain't a time to sit down, but it's a time to get your focus and say, you know what? I know where my help comes from. I know that I am victorious. I know that I will not be denied, but I will stand in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, the enemy's a liar, but God is forever established. You're not gonna be defeated, but you're about to go to a place that you've never been. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house this morning. Oh, I don't know about you. Maybe you don't see what I see, uh, but in the distance, uh, can I tell you, uh, I see some things laying on the ground uh, that used to be powerful, uh, but they're lifeless, uh, and they got some stuff uh, that belongs to me. Uh, I'm about to get more uh, than I've ever had. Uh, I'm about to see him greater than I've ever saw him. Oh, don't you dare lose your focus. 
Don't you dare let the enemy steal your joy. Don't you dare let the enemy tell you it's over. Uh, don't you dare tell him. Uh, let him tell you your family's not going to get saved. Uh, I'm here to tell you there's a reviving uh, that's coming uh, to the world. Uh, and it's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, a time to focus this morning as they come to the music today. You and I this morning must awaken and we must begin to release a shout of praise and prepare to see the salvation of the Lord. Jehoshaphat, You messed up, but, but God sees some things in you that's good. You've removed the high places, you've removed the groves, you've taken a people back to the word of God, to the law of God. You set judges in your land to judge righteously. You've welcomed back the thing that everybody else wanted to do away with. There's a lot of similarities with what's happened over the last several years in our life. And I will say this, in the last three and a half years, this is not, I'm not endorsing a political party. But there's been a lot of change that's happened in the United States of America in the last three and a half years. There has been a a dramatic shift in policy. There's been a dramatic shift in how we conducted foreign affairs. There's been a dramatic shift in how we've governed as a nation. And whoever you endorse and vote for, that's your business. But I'm going to tell you something. Don't be so loyal to a party that you don't vote the Bible. But in recent years, the man at the helm, and there's a lot of things he does I don't like. Just be transparent and honest. But when he walked in with the position of authority and power that he's been given by God for this season, brought the word back he's brought judges back he's brought prayer back do you did you think the enemy was just going to lay down and do nothing but I will say that I have a we don't talk about it a lot and I'm no scholar I'm just me but things was real well then all of a sudden, and I have a problem with some of my, some of my minister folks as well. All of a sudden, beginning of this year, the church was guilty of doing something that was not pleasing to the Lord. Leaders in the church world, we don't talk about it much. They began to talk about a two-state solution for Israel and our church leaders in this nation that I have great confidence in came alongside this president and said, oh, we're all for it. This is wonderful. No, it's not our land. 
do not divide Israel. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, we have a virus. I'll tell you what happened. This is my opinion. We lost our focus. We had a Jehoshaphat moment. It's nearly costing our lives as a nation, economically and everything else, because we tried to touch Israel in a way that was not biblical. Shame on those spiritual leaders that didn't have enough backbone to tell him, you don't do that. I'm just Pastor Ron in Connersville, Indiana. Don't, you don't have to, you, you can disregard what I'm saying if you want. But he had, a, he had a moment that cost him his life, but this, he came back to a place of repentance in recent days. I believe this wholeheartedly. This is what God has put in my spirit. God said, there's still good in you. You're still praying. You still got the word. You're still appointed judge that values life and liberty and freedom. I'm not done with you. But there's a critical moment right now. And I believe one of the most critical moments that this administration ever had was just this past week. It was when they walked out onto a podium and simply said this. The church can have church. He didn't say it in this manner, but what he was simply saying is this concerning the controversial issues in California and other places. What he basically was doing when he walked out to that podium at that news conference and he simply looked in those cameras, he was simply saying this, the church has the right to sing. Now, the question is, are you brave enough? Are you willing to sing? I'm not talking about singing three songs and a message and going home. I'm talking about will you let your life sing of the goodness of God, the power of God, the anointing of God. As he begins to sing, as the church begins to sing, you have heard me for the last few months and you can go listen to it and I'm going to stand here today and tell you again that while there's a lot of things happening over the next few months, the next three months, I am standing firmly end of October, going into November. There is a shout that's going to come from this land, from the church of Jesus Christ. And it is a shout of where the heavenly realm is merging with the earthly realm, and there is getting ready to be crumbling and the falling of things but there is a spoil much different than the spoil of Jericho that we preached about last week he said don't touch any of that stuff it's all contaminated and it's been used for idol worship and all those things That's you, you don't take any of that but the spoil that's coming in this battle God is releasing for the church to operate not so that we can walk around and say, oh, look what we have. No, to equip us and to finance us to reach the world for the last day harvest. Because can I tell you, we are very near. We are very near to the return of our King. So this morning, I said everything that I said this morning just to tell you this with the authority and the power that's invested in me by the Holy Spirit of God and by God himself, I appoint you to sing. And to tell you not to lose your focus, 
But as you began to sing, this is what I sense in my spirit. Man, I labored over what I shared with you today. I, I was here yesterday morning for four hours, and I just went back home, and I said, this is crazy. God, you're gonna, we're going to flop together tomorrow. Then I come back in, and I was here all night, wee hours of the morning. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. But all I heard in my spirit is if they'll sing, if they'll sing, if they won't lose their focus he said I will bring ambushments and I said Lord what are, we, what are we talking about and even as I'm ministering to you this morning right now I, I feel just the urgency and the tugging of the Holy Spirit to tell you that those ambushments that's going to be released is going to be the things that breaks the strongholds of bondage off of your children and your family and over communities and over cities and over ministries there is a release coming to humanity if you'll just sing of His goodness, of His grace, and of His mercy. He didn't tell them to sing anything really fancy. He simply said, just go out there and begin to sing. He said, go out there and praise the Lord. Just tell them, His mercy endureth forever. If you can't sing about anything else today, can you not just pause and look at your life and say, man, Lord, I'm thankful that you're merciful. Maybe y'all are perfect, but I'm not. So I, have to, I can really sing that song real well. God, I'm so thankful that you're full of mercy and grace. Church, don't lose your focus in this unsettling time. We're going to see darkness. We're going to see gross dark things. We're going to see challenges and difficulties. But our God, He is forever established. And He is still sitting in a place of authority and power this morning. But let's just begin to sing of His goodness. As we stand all over the house this morning. Maybe this morning you're under the sound of our voice. Maybe you're just a little weary. That's human. That's okay. It's not a sign of not being spiritual. We all get that way at times. We all get a little overwhelmed. We all get a little anxious at times. Seasons in our life where we have more questions than answers. you would be honest enough say you know maybe I have lost my focus a little bit maybe I focus more on the challenges and the news and all of the negativity that I have on him maybe you just need to be renewed and refreshed today there's no time like the present than right now to just say Lord it's not my brother not my sister but it's me oh Lord standing in the need of prayer what you're really saying is Lord just fill me up again Lord, just refresh me. Lord, just equip me. Anoint my lips so that I can sing the song of praise that will bring about a release to others. Maybe that's you this morning. 
that is, I'm just going to ask you to step out of your seat and come and join me in the front of this building. You can stand, you can kneel. But you say, you know what, I want to be what God's calling me to be in this season. Maybe just say, you know, maybe I have just kind of been distracted, but Lord, I don't want to live distracted, but I want to live a life of purpose. Maybe you're here today and you need a special touch. Maybe your body is ravaged, your emotions is ravaged. Can I tell you, he's still a God that heals, delivers, and sets free. I was so excited when I heard the report, Sister Don. By the auction of the Holy Spirit, right just before we went under the water, I said, I just believe that when God, when you come up out of here, God's just going to begin the healing process. And she said, without hesitation, she said, I believe it. God's still doing. God's still moving. Amen. He's no respecter of persons today. He does that for you, does that for me. But as they just begin to worship the Lord, I'm just going to ask you to enter into a time of worship with us, a season of prayer before we leave today. If you want special prayer, we'd love to pray with you, pray for you. Maybe you just need to talk to the Lord today. It's okay. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. You and Him. Can we just have an attitude of worship just for a few moments before we leave today as they worship, lead us in worship? Can we just love on Him this morning? God bless you as you come today. Just worship the Lord together this morning. This is Pastor Jade Abrams. I want to thank you for watching today. Feel free to find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us and get to know us a little better. And we ask that you subscribe if you'd like to this YouTube channel. And don't forget to click the bell for alerts anytime we post something new. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day.